Hello, my friends, kingdom builders and kingdom connectors, and everyone who is about the Father's business. Welcome to another edition of the Living Word Mind of Conception podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so that we can stay connected, continue to communicate, and to contribute to one another's life. So let's begin our journey right now. Just to take it for granted when we go over things again, because sometimes you have to go over things again in order to learn them. Uh, Many of you know how we learned our ABCs, right? We sang that song so many times that it was just stuck. And some of you, when I said that, singing the ABC song, the, the tune came in your head just as I sang it, as I said that. Why? Well, that was repetition. You, you did it over and over and over and over again. And now it's just second nature. You don't even have to think about it. Somebody say the ABC song. And like I said, right away, that song just starts singing. It, it starts going over in your head. Well, folks, it's the same thing with the word of God. We got to learn by repetition and by definition, right? Repeating and defining, allowing the word of God to get down uh, out of our head, but get it from our head down into our heart. And that's what many people don't do. Uh, so you don't want to be a person that just wants to uh, just get so many scriptures, so many scriptures and, and read so many things and so many things and never take the time to really dive into and dissect what you are learning, right? So we want to get, we want to be more concerned about quality than we do about quantity, right? Um, That's one thing you want to make important. It's very important to your growth that you don't just want to get so much that you just have so much. And it's exciting to get more knowledge and understanding of the word. That's wonderful. But you want to make sure you're focused on quality, right? So don't just get a whole bunch of scriptures. And that's why even when we do these teachings on on Tuesday night, I don't just try to go to a whole bunch of scriptures. You know, we give four or five, maybe six scriptures so that you can take the time to go back and look at them again, reading them again, meditating on them, right? Letting them get down from the head into the heart. And that's when the word of God, when the word of God gets out of our head, from the head down to the heart, that's when the word of God becomes effective and powerful to begin to change us. Why? Because the word of God is the incorruptible seed of the kingdom of God. So seed has to be planted, right? Well, you want to plant the seed of the word into the soil of the heart. And then whatever the seed is, every seed will produce after its kind. So I wanna get the word out of just my head only, and I wanna get it down uh, into my heart. Why? Because as we get into our first point tonight, we're gonna find out that the word of God is going to cover everything. It's gonna take care, it's gonna deal with everything every aspect of our being, uh, anything that we're dealing with, nothing is outside of the parameters of the word of God. So God knows everything about us. He knows 
every thought that we have. He knows every feeling that we have. He knows every emotion that we have. Folks, he know and he knows exactly what we deal with in the human existence, right? That's why the word, watch this, the word had to become flesh. This is a kind of a bonus scripture. I don't want to, like I said, I want to give you too many scriptures, but St. John chapter number one and verse number 14. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Now, one John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then if you read on down, and then verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. Glory to God. And so that's what we want to grab hold of again. Uh, so the word of God covers everything. So God knows everything about us. So let's go to Hebrews chapter number four. Now we covered this a little bit last week, but we want to look at it again uh, and just realize how the word of God covers everything or every aspect of our life. So nothing in your life that you'll ever deal with is going to be outside of the parameters of the word of God. So whatever you're faced with and whatever struggle you might have, God has a promise for that and a word for that, that you and I can stand on to help us or give us the ability to overcome whatever we're faced with. Folks, we are truly blessed. When you, when you know the Lord, you, you're truly blessed. Because everything that you and I will face in this life, God already has a promise and a knowledge and a wisdom available for us in order to overcome it. Now, you know that scripturally when he says, no temptation, test or trial has taken a hold of you, but such is common to man. But with the temptation, test, or trial, God will always make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And we know that people quoted that, that God won't put on you more than you can bear. Well, that is true. Well, the reality is God will give you knowledge and wisdom from his word that will deal with any kind of thing that you may be faced with as you're walking through this journey in life. Glory to God. So let's go to Hebrews 4, and let's see what he says. For the word of God is quick and powerful, right? It is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner, watch this, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, what is he talking about? He's saying that this is what the word of God will do. It will divide the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and will discern or give you clarity, if you want to say it like that. The word will give you clarity of the thoughts and intentions or intents of the heart. Why? Because again, if our heart is not in line with God's ways and thoughts, then the word of God will come to give us the correction that we need in order that we can be in line 
with God's ways and with God's thoughts. Because here's something that I picked up on and something that I've really learned from the Lord. That when you and I as believers, as his children, we don't have to beg God to bless us. We don't have to, you understand what I'm saying? We don't have to beg uh, uh, and, and cry. I want to make it. I'm, I'm not saying we don't pray and intercede. I'm not saying we don't supplicate. But we don't have to convince God to be good to us. God is already good to us. You know, you don't have to persuade him to be good to you or to bless you or to favor you. Because all you and I must do is obey the word and walk in his ways. And when we do that, the blessings of the promises that he's already spoken in his word will begin to automatically manifest in our lives. The struggle is, is that we have not learned how to enter into the rest of believing the promises of God, right? We have, as a people, had a mindset or a mentality that we had to earn God's blessing. You and I cannot earn the blessing, but the blessing is conferred unto us through our, first of all, our love for him, which consequently will cause us to be in obedience to his ways. So God is trying to get us to understand that. So the word of God will, will divide asunder, right? The thoughts and intents of the heart. It will divide the bone and the marrow. In other words, what, what our real motives are and what our real mentality and mindset is, the word of God will always come to expose that, but not in a way, listen, not just in a way of punishment, but it, it, is, it is, the word of God will come to correct us and instruct us in what is right. That's what he says in Timothy. For the word of God is quick and powerful, right? And Timothy says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for what? For doctrine or teaching, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So when the word of God comes, people of God, it's not just to beat you down or to make you tell how terrible you are, but even in the sense of correction, it is, it is correction for instruction. It is correction for instruction. Instruction in righteousness. In other words, that which is acceptable to God. So when I'm, whenever, could, why? Glory to God. This is good stuff here tonight. Because whenever I am acceptable to God, in other words, when I'm obeying his commandment and walking in his way, the blessing that he promised is automatic. You got to catch this. And this is something God really showed me because I've, people, this is where people struggle at. They're trying to, they're trying to kind of, in a sense, if you can grab what I'm saying, many times people are trying to twist God's arm, right? If you can follow the analogy, so that God will bless them. You and I don't have to do that, people of God. All we have to do is because of, number one, love, which will, which will cause obedience. And if we love him, we will obey him, and he will make himself known and manifest himself. 
So the blessings that he promised in his word will begin to uh, overtake you and come upon you and overtake you, right? Right? His goodness and his mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. But this is where people struggle at because instead of focusing on obeying God, we're trying to get a blessing. Folks, all you and I got to do is, is walk in, in obedience because of our love for him and the blessings become automatic. Glory to God. The inheritance begins to be released to you because you have come to a place of maturity and sonship and heirship. And now because you, because you are heirs, you become heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And again, if you can grab hold of what I'm saying, the blessings of the Lord begin to become automatic. So you don't have to ask God. Let me say it right way. You don't have to twist God's arm to bless you. God wants to be good to you. And it's his desire to, to let every good gift and perfect gift be in your life. So who comes to steal, kill, destroy? The enemy comes to get you and I into disobedience, get us into doubt, get us into fear, get us into unbelief, get us into questioning the goodness of God, questioning the love of God, all these other things going on because he knows that if you are if you are walking in his word, God's word, then just like he said in 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. Here's the catch. Even as your soul is prospering. Well, how do I get the soul to prosper? The soul deals with the mind, the will, and the emotion. So when I'm obedient to God's word, I, I, I say, yes, I will obey. The soul begins to prosper, and now the promise becomes automatic, glory to God, that you will be in good health because your soul is prospering. You will prosper, Lord Jesus, because your soul is prospering. Are y'all catching this? Lord have mercy. So God is not withholding. He's not trying to hold back the blessings. Are you understand what I'm saying? And, and I just want to cover this. We don't, we're not going to turn. I just want to cover this a little bit because I covered it last week a little bit. Back in Genesis, write it down and go back and read it yourself. Back in Genesis chapter number 2 and verse 16 and 17. We know in creation God created man in his own image, right? Genesis 1 and 26 through 28. He created man in his own image and after his likeness. Male and female, he created them, right? And gave them dominion over all the, everything in the earth. Then in chapter 2, verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, out of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But then he keeps on talking. He says, but out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat it, for in the day thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Now, here's what gets me. 
People just completely miss the first part of that. Because yes, God told them not to eat from the knowledge of tree, uh, excuse me, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but they completely missed the first part. When he said, thou mayest freely eat of every other tree. So God is not trying to withhold the bountifulness from us. God is trying to get the bountifulness to us. So if he tells you to do something or not to do something, it's not from, you can't look at it from the aspect of withholding. You've got to learn to look at it from the aspect that if there's a reason, if God doesn't want me to touch this or do this or be there or whatever, then there's a reason for that. Glory to God. And the reason is that his bountifulness will be interrupted or cut short if I do the thing that he told me not to do. But God said that, he, watch this, John chapter 10, verse 10, get it in your spirit. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So understand the mindset of God, what God, the thoughts of God, the ways of God. God's trying to get abundant life to you and I. He's not trying to withhold anything from us. And you, because see, now I have to teach this way because the struggle with so many believers is that they think that God is withholding and drawing back and keeping stuff. No, no. The only thing God keeps back from you is what he knows will harm you. If it won't harm you, then God is not trying to hold it back from you. So, glory to God. Let me finish Hebrews. I, I got a little bit off here. But Hebrews, again, and what verse did I stop at? I stopped at verse 12. Now, I said everything, excuse me, is subject to the word of God. Everything. Now, look at verse number 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in the sight, <clears throat> but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So, in other words... Everything is subject to the word of God. There's nothing that you will face in your life that God does not already have a promise for that will give you the victory over it and give you the wisdom and the grace of how to overcome it. Folks, all I'm saying is what Jesus already said. He said, you, he said, and, and, and write it down, you can read it later, because we're not going to turn there. John 16, I believe it's 31 or 34, somewhere there. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. And some folks just stop right there in their mindset, their mentality. But then he said, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Yes, you're going to have tribulation. But if you are in this thing with Christ, you've already overcome. So when the challenges come, they, they should not have, be able to take you out, but you become a student and you begin to learn the lessons that God's trying to allow you to learn. But at the same time, always knowing that you're coming out on top because Jesus has already overcome the world. And because you are in him, you have already overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even your faith. So, folks, part of my job 
in the body of Christ. Because I'm telling you, Christians get this mentality like, well, I'm just trying to make it through. I'm just trying to overcome. Yes, you are challenged. But folks, when Jesus got up from that grave, glory to God, almost feel like preaching right now. He said, all authority, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And immediately he told his disciples to go. In other words, I'm transferring the power and the authority that was given to me of the Father, and I'm giving it to you, and now you go. Glory to God. Amen to glory to God in the highest. Lord Jesus. I, so, 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 so let me keep on going. Verse number 14 out of Hebrews 4. Verse number 14, Hebrews 4. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession, for we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. In other words, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows exactly how you feel about everything. But was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. So whether you're tempted, tested, or tried, he was tempted, tested, and tried the same way, but he got the victory. And because he has the victory, you and I, glory to God, get to enjoy the victory. And we get to take part in the victory that he won for us. Glory to God. Mm, mm, mm. So he says now, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find the grace to help in the time of need. So that's a promise of God. Let's go quickly, guys. And I know I spent quite a bit of time on that first point. But let's go quickly to 2 Peter chapter number 2. Let's go over there quickly because I want to, I want to sh I'll show you something. Uh, 2 Peter, I'm sorry, chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1. Praise God. That should be 2 Peter chapter number 1. Uh, and, and just for the sake of time, uh, let me go to verse 2. And he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. All right, did you see that? Notice this, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us, glory to God, to glory and virtue. Come on now. Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by what? By these great precious promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. What is all of that saying? Folks, these are the promises that God has given us. And God's promises are not nullified by your performance. Neither are they ratified by your performance. Whew, glory to God. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to bring y'all with me. Glory to God. 
See, people think God's promises are nullified based upon, you know, how they acted or how, what they, no, no, no. God's promises are what he has already promised. So when I meet the condition of obedience, the blessing of the promise is automatic. These are exceeding great and precious promises. And they, he did not promise them based upon, he did not promise these things to you and I based upon our worthiness of receiving the promise. He promised these by the glory of his own grace, right? You understand what I'm saying? By his great and precious promises, because of his goodness toward us. Lord Jesus. Man, are y'all getting this? Glory to God. Because, so the promise, that's why I said, no matter what you face with, you've got to get into this scripture. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever trouble, circumstance, whatever's happening, whatever you're dealing with inwardly, outwardly, emotionally, you're dealing with some stuff and you can't seem to overcome it, start digging in this word and find the promise that will cover that. And begin to meditate that promise and get it from the head down to the heart. Let that seed of the word get in you. And now that promise will begin to grow in you, right? And you will receive it by faith. But here's the thing. The promise never changes because the promise is not based upon you. Lord, help me, Holy Ghost. The promise is not based upon our, our ratifying the promise. You understand what I'm saying? The promise of God is already set, man. It's not based upon whether you receive it or not, whether you're good enough to have it, whether you, that's not what the promise of God are based upon. Watch this. When God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, you may leave God, but God ain't going nowhere. You may walk away. You may turn your back, but he'll wait right there for you to turn back to him. Glory to God, man. And somebody needs to turn back to him. You need to tell somebody in your family, I don't know who it is, whatever the case may be, glory to God, you're a co-worker, and they may, have been, they may have strayed away, and they may have done all kind of stuff, but God has never left. Glory to God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A fact, he even got so bold when he said through one man of God, through the scripture by the spirit, that he says, I am the Lord God, and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Why? Because God doesn't change. He, he's the same. Glory to God. So folks, the promises of God in Jesus Christ, the promises are yes and amen in him. So what you say, well, pastor, if that's the case, now the promises don't automatically manifest in your life or in my life. The only way the promises manifest is when you receive them, accept them, and because of love and obedience, you walk in God's ways with God's thoughts, then they begin to manifest. <clears throat> You don't make them happen. You and I can't make the promises happen. 
But the promises happen automatically when you meet the condition. You, and I'm not just saying you. When we meet the condition, the promises or the blessing that is in the promise becomes automatic. Did y'all catch that? Because this is what people are struggling. So, so stop trying to make things happen. Just find out what I got to do in this word. All right. Now, one thing we got to do, glory to God, is we got to allow God to change our thoughts and change our ways. Come on, go with me to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Come on. Mm -mm -mm. Glory to God. That's good stuff. The prophet Isaiah, chapter number 55. Isaiah the prophet, chapter number 55 and verse number six. Now, I'm going to read this. I mean, everybody knows it. Again, my ways are not your ways. And we all know that, right? But I'm going to read this out of the uh, uh, the CEV, uh, CEV version, which basically is a contemporary English version, right? So verse six says, turn to the Lord. He can still be found. Call out to God. He is near. Now, again, King James says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is yet near, okay? So turn to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Call upon the Lord, right? Why? So that I can get into a place of agreement and a place of uh, obedience to, to learning God's thoughts and God's ways. How? What are God's thoughts? Well, everything he promised you and I is what he thinks. Folks, it's, and it's not based upon our, our human performance, right? Lord Jesus, if you can get this, some people don't receive, watch this, and, and some of you may not be receiving from God because you're trying to be good enough to receive from God. Folks, you'll never be good enough in your own human ability and strength to receive from God. And But you've got to understand that if you can believe, that's what he's always asking you. If you can believe what? Believe that God is good enough to overcome that his good, oh God, I, I almost want to preach here, that, that God's good is big enough to overcome your bad. That his grace is greater than your sin. God Almighty. Glory to God, that his mercy is everlasting and he has more mercy than you have iniquity. Lord Jesus, if you can believe that, that, that that's going to change a lot of things in your life. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse number seven. He says this, give up your crooked ways and your evil thoughts. Return to the Lord our God. He will be merciful and forgive your sins. Verse number eight. The Lord says, my thoughts and my ways are not like yours. Now, this is big here. My thoughts and my ways are not like yours, right? Why? Why, Why is it that God's thoughts and God's ways are not like ours. Well, the reason why his ways are not like, our ways are not like his ways, is it starts in the fact that our thoughts are not his thoughts. 
We're trying to, we have tried to bring the promises of God down into our human thinking. We've all done it, folks. Now I'm not here, I'm not here like picking on you or throwing off on you. We've all done it. So when we read stuff like, I've raised you up together to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. That's Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. When we read that, the human mind tries to bring that down and say, oh, that can't be, that can't be right. That, I mean, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. God sees me in Christ and seated right at his right. No, that, that, that's not. So instead of taking our thoughts up to what God said, we try to bring what God said and make it fit into our thoughts. Folks, and whenever we do that, then our ways will not become his, you know, our ways won't be like his ways. Why? Because God said, come on into the throne room. We're like, no, 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 I don't, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I'm not allowed to come in there and I'm not a good person. We know all of that. But you are doing what you do based upon what God has declared. So you come boldly to the throne and you let God cover you. You let God clothe you, right? You let God be the judge and you let him be the one that declare that you can, you belong here. Are y'all grabbing hold of this? Praise God. You belong here. So, so now if I'm saying something that you, you just, I, I believe I'm preaching and teaching the word of God. So he says, get rid of your crooked ways and your wrong thoughts. What is a wrong thought? A wrong thought is any thought that God did not think first. God says you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Now for you to say anything else, then what God said about you, and let me say it this way, for you and I to think anything else that God said about us is a wrong thought. Think about what I'm saying, people of God. If God says that I've given you the victory, I always cause you to triumph in Christ Jesus and give you the victory in every place. 2 Corinthians 2.14. So if I say something different, then what God says, folks, that is a wrong thought. And wrong thoughts will always, uh, always lead to wrong ways. Okay? Lord have mercy. Y'all might have to find this one again on the podcast and re-listen to it again. Because I'm telling you, folks, this is where developing has to take place. The reason why many of us can't really be... Uh, as as uh, progressive as we need to be in the kingdom is because we're still trying to fit God's word, you know, squeeze it down to fit into what makes sense reasonably. Well, folks, God's not trying to make sense reasonably. You understand what I'm saying? He's trying to get you to believe. Jesus said over and over, if you can believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that can believe. Nothing shall be impossible if you believe, right? So I got to keep allowing the Holy Spirit through the word of God, right? Through prayer, through continuing hearing the word, 
reading it, listening to it, singing it, praying it, whatever it is, put it in a rhyme, whatever. You got to keep getting the word in you to where your spirit begins to process the word and you believe God's promise is more powerful and stronger than your performance. Hallelujah. Folks, let me, let, one thing, glory to God, man, we, Lord have mercy. You couldn't even get saved, right? You and I could not even be born again or saved unless we believe that God could take one act of faith by confessing Jesus Christ and wash away all the sins that you did for all your life. And because you accepted the blood of Jesus, that one thing, now he washed away everything and your past is redeemed, your presence makes sense, and your future is secure. Well, if you can believe God for that, why is it so hard to believe that he has raised you up to sit together in heavenly places? Folks, come on now. Think about what I'm saying. Don't let the enemy do a mind job on you. How did you get born again? You, I mean, think about the stuff. And some of us, we had a lot of years. Lord have mercy. We had a bunch of years of iniquity and sin and messed up ways of living. But we came to a meeting one night. <laughs> Come on now. And my heart wasn't right. Y'all know what I'm saying? And something got a hold of me. Y'all know what I'm saying? So, so with that one act of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, God wiped away years, sometimes decades of sin of your past. Now, if you can believe him for that, why is it so hard to believe him for all the other promises? And really, it's not. But we start now, now that we're saved many times, people get religious and they try to earn the blessing. They try to earn, you know, uh, the prosperity. They try to earn the health and the healing. They're trying to earn the deliverance and all this stuff. No, it's the same faith that you were able to get saved by is the same faith that God will use to bless you, glory to God, and to bring you to another level or another place in him. Glory to God. Somebody give him some praise right there tonight. Hallelujah. Man. So, so I got to forsake my, my ways of thinking. Right? Let the, let, I got to, I got to, I have to give up my crooked ways, like he says. Now, it don't just mean you worshiping the devil, but wicked ways, twisted, crooked, right? Anything that will have you thinking and speaking about yourself. That God did not say that is a crooked or a wicked way. It's a wicked thought. It's not God's thoughts. Everything that's written in the promises of God about you is God's thought process towards you. Now, folks, you're not going to get this by just going to church. Thank God for going to church. But you got to get into the word of God. You got to get hungry and thirsty for the word of God, for the promises of God, to see everything God said about you and go to war in your own mind to let the devil know I am giving you your, your eviction notice. 
I'm giving you your eviction papers out of my thoughts. You are evicted. Glory to God. I'm not giving you a 30-day notice. I'm not calling the sheriff. I ain't calling nobody, but you are evicted out of my thoughts from this day going forward. And I will think God's ways and God's thoughts, whatever God has said about me in his promises and in his word is what I'm going to think and what I'm going to say and how I'm going to respond to God. And when I just can't overcome something, I'm going to come to him boldly, glory to God, to the throne of grace. That means that is not based upon my goodness. It's based upon the grace of God. It's not based upon my deserving. It's based upon God's goodness. And this is what I'm trying to really get into your spirit. This is where I found out that a lot of Christian people struggle because they're trying to deserve God's blessing. No, 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 no. If you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, believe what? Believe that God's goodness is greater than your badness. If I can just put it, you know, I'm just, you know, that, that God is greater than you, that, than, than anything you deal with. If you can believe that, then you can receive the promises that he spoke in his word concerning us. So can we do that? Uh, notice this. He says, uh, give up your crooked ways and your evil thoughts. Return to the Lord our God. He will be merciful and forgive your sins. The Lord says, my thoughts and my ways are not like yours. So guess what that tells me? That tells me right away, folks, that I got to change. If God says that my thoughts, his thoughts, and his ways are not like mine, that tells me right away that I got to change. I got to be willing to uh, examine my ways. And, and before I even examine my ways, that's my doing, you know, but I got to examine my thoughts. What am I thinking about myself? Am I thinking according to God's promises? Or am I thinking according to my experiences? Am I thinking according to what God said in his word? Or am I putting my, my life uh, experiences above the promises of God? Now, this, this is a little deep here, but it's just the reality of where we're at as believers. Because whenever I put my experiences over the promises of God, then I don't leave any room for God to come in and begin to change things in my life. All right, are y'all still with me here? But one thing we can know, and I want you to know, that God is faithful. Let's go, come on, travel with me real quickly to 1 Thessalonians chapter number five. So what you and I cannot do for ourselves, right? God is faithful and just. Praise God, thank God for that, man. Thank God that he will help us when we are weak, right? That he will give us strength. His strength will be made perfect in our weaknesses. Why? Because he promised that, right? Not because you earned it, I earned it, we deserved it. No, but because he promised it. 
Man, if anything I can tell you and share with you that I've learned in this journey is that God is good. You know what I'm saying? Glory to God. And his goodness is greater. Notice what he said, because I can, I can, a lot of times I can quote a lot of scriptures, but I, I've kind of realized sometimes quoting a lot of scriptures when people don't know all the scriptures, it ain't really helping. But basically, he said in Romans, where sin abounded, much more grace did abound. So your sin and my sin, my transgressions, can never overtake the grace of God. But I have to be willing to humble myself and receive the grace of God, knowing that I'm not worthy of it, but his grace is sufficient. Glory to God. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's, 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 let's do this here. Let's do this here. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, and just for the sake of time, verse number 23 and 24. And the very God of peace, look at that, <laughs> sanctify you wholly. That's completely or totally. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's covering everything, folks. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your body. Now watch this. Here, here, here's verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Lord, have mercy. God is faithful. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to his ways, to his character. And you and I can depend upon that. Folks, you may not be able to trust yourself, <laughs> glory to God, but you can trust God. You may not be able to depend on your own self sometime, but you can depend upon God. Even if you are faithless, or as he says in Timothy, or unbelieving, he yet remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Glory to God. Folks, with this kind of God, you can't lose. God is faithful. He's faithful when, when you and I are unfaithful. When you and I are unpredictable and untrustworthy and slacking, whatever you want to call it, you know, slacking off and not doing everything we're supposed to do, whatever. God remains faithful. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because, you know, we don't always get to pray like we want to pray, like we need to pray, like we should pray. Or, or, or we're not always doing everything just perfect and crossing every T and dotting every I. But even with that and in that, God remains faithful. My God in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't preach myself happy on that one. <laughs> Glory to God. God remains faithful. Mm, mm, mm. And he's faithful. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Won't he do it? 
Yes, he will. So in other other words, God's going to do whatever his promise said, folks. God, whatever God promised, God will fulfill every word that he promised. So you want to get into that mode of trusting the faithfulness of God. Even going back to, again, I don't feel like I'm worthy. Well, I trust God's faithfulness that he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. No, no, no. You got to understand God is faithful. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Come on. Come on. God says when you turn, he will receive you. Right? When you turn from your crooked ways, he's not going to push you away or, or push you back and say, no, nah, you should have been doing this. And you, you, you know, now it's too late. God ain't going to do that. He's so, he going to come and say, come on. God is faithful. Right? And so, and then the last thing we want to look at tonight is that his grace is enough. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Lord God gave us grace tonight because we're actually going to get to all of these points tonight. It's amazing. Sometimes I don't think we don't get through them all, but we're going to get through them tonight. To God be the glory. But chapter number 12, this here is dealing with the Apostle Paul when he was going through all kind of stuff. And uh, and and I want to share this because, because again, we got we to gotta, we gotta watch it. The scripture is real subtle because we've all done it, folks. I've done it. We say stuff because it sounds religiously correct. You know how we people talk about political correct? Well, we say stuff that's religiously correct because that's the way we've always heard it, and that's kind of the way we just accept it. But if we start reading the scripture, we're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. So let me go to chapter number, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, but let's go to verse number 7, right? And then we're going to read to verse number uh, 10. And this is Paul talking. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, right? So everybody knows that, the thorn of the flesh. But the mindset is that God gave a hit to him to teach him, to test him. But you, you got to keep reading. Watch what it says. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. So God, the the thorn, God ultimately has the final say-so. He allows it, but the thorn came from Satan. It didn't come from God. Y'all just got to pray on that. Y'all going to have to see it. So the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it may depart from me. So he's asking God to take away the thorn that Satan gave him, that God allowed to be there, because God's going to use even whatever the enemy tries to do. God is still faithful to use everything for his glory and for your good. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul caught a revelation. He says this, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, 
in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. What am I saying? I'm saying God's grace is enough. Even if you're going through something, right? No weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper, right? Understand that God will use the enemy, but God was not the one giving him the thorn. The thorn was a messenger of Satan. God won't allow anything to come on you that he knows he hadn't already given you grace enough to overcome it. Just like in the time of Job, we talk about Job all the time, right? It, it wasn't God that afflicted Job. It was Satan that afflicted Job. And that's just something for you to meditate on because we just religiously thought of it and said, okay, well, God is testing me. No, 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 no. God it has the ultimate overall control of everything. But this messenger was a messenger of Satan. So when Paul went to God and said, remove this thing, God said, I'm not going to remove it, but I'm going to give you the grace that you need to be victorious in it and over it. So Paul got the revelation. He said, therefore, hey, I, when, when I got weaknesses, I'm depending on Christ's strength. When I, when I don't know which way to go and how, which way to turn and what to do and I'm persecuted, and I'm broken or whatever, I'm leaning on Christ's strength. And when I'm leaning on Christ's strength, his grace is enough. Glory to God. So folks, uh, I might want to do a little bit more about that to next week. It's still dealing with that grace of God. But I want you to know something tonight, folks, that every promise of God, every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ. So don't let the enemy keep you from Christ. Don't let the enemy keep you from the world. I mean, from the word, excuse me. Don't let the world keep you from the word of God, right? Don't let life uh, enter in and choke the word and it become unfruitful, right? Don't, let your tr don't even let your own troubles keep you from the presence of God. Listen, come boldly to the throne of grace with your tatted garments and again with your hands maybe dirty but come to the fountain of living waters that can wash you and wash you and cleanse you by the washing of the water of the word glory to God don't stay away glory to God but come close to God so that he can cleanse you from everything that the enemy is trying to put on you. Glory to God. And that's all God is looking for. So I want to encourage each and every one of you tonight, you that are watching on YouTube and on Facebook Live as well, to realize how important God's promises are. Turn from your ways of thinking. Don't allow your thinking to, to disrupt and shortchange you and shortcut the promises that God has given to you in his word. Believe the promises. Believe the character of God. Believe the nature of God. Believe what God can do. And not so much what, uh, you know, what you are worthy to receive, right? Accept the goodness of God. 
and he will do great things in your life. So I don't know who you are, who you might be, but if you don't know Jesus Christ tonight, this is a great day and a great time for you to make that confession of faith and believe in the Lord your God. And listen, one act of faith, glory to God, one act of faith in the word of God can cause you to be, to have a brand new life. One act of faith by confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, leaning on him, trusting him to deliver you from everything that you could not be delivered in your own strength. And the number one thing that everyone needs to be delivered from is from the sin that Adam caused to fall on all mankind. If you were born from a man and a woman, then you have Adam's nature and you need to be born again. Just like every one of us has to be born again. My friend, I'm telling you tonight, this is the time to come to Jesus. Don't wait on any religion. Don't wait on any church organization. Don't wait on uh, any catechism or anything. Come to Jesus Christ. Confess your sins to him and realize that he's the only begotten of the Father. And when you do that, your life will be changed forever. Very simple. Believe in your heart that Christ died for your sins and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's not up to your ability, but it's up to the ability of the Holy Spirit of God. You believe that God wants to save you through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You believe, you confess, and when you do that, God will do the work and your life will be forever changed. Well, listen, God bless you. Get in touch with us. Uh, if you've done that tonight, you can scan the QR code on the YouTube and on the Facebook Live, and someone will get in touch with you. God bless you all, and we thank God for you being with us tonight. Well, praise the Lord. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast today. We encourage you to stay connected by subscribing to this podcast, as well as our weekly newsletter at www.livingwordcorsicana.org. Also, we invite you to join our national video call on the Zoom app. Our personal room number is 931-432-8488. And the passcode is the number two. Listen, God bless you. Have a supernatural day. And we hope to contribute and communicate with you soon.